I want to talk today, I have four sermons in one, and so I'm going to need you to listen with like a contact sport, okay? I need to go, and I, I don't have time to explain, and so I'm just going to charge, okay? I want to talk about Sabbath rest today. We're in a series on living on empty. Far too much of the church lives right on the E for enough line in their spiritual life. Instead of being overflowing, as Jesus said, constantly with abundance of life, people are barely getting through the day. And there are some practices that we're looking at that there are actually some things that you and I can do to change that picture. I don't want to live on empty. I want to overflow and I want to be more than full. I want gas streaks down the side of my tank where the muzzle overflowed. So I want to talk today about Sabbath because having a Sabbath and an understanding of Sabbath is one of the ways that we can learn to fill our lives up. The Hebrew says, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. It's this haunting refrain that there is a place for you and me. And this idea of the Sabbath has been significant all throughout the pages of the history, specifically in the terms of the Old Covenant. The Old Testament had the Sabbath as the sign. When God made his covenant with the nation of Israel, he said, this will be the sign between you and me that we're we're in a covenant that you will keep the Sabbath and I'll visit with you in Sabbath. It was also the fourth commandment. You must keep the Sabbath. Now, the church has done different things because Jesus was resurrected on a Sunday and he showed himself to his disciples on the Sunday and the next time he showed himself was a Sunday and then Pentecost was a Sunday. And so the church adopted the day after the Sabbath. It was called the Lord's Day, the Sun's Day. Sunday was the, why well, we call it that, right? And so uh, there were some changes in the New Covenant, and Paul gets up and he speaks in some of the pages of the New Testament, and Galatians 4, he said that uh, you don't have to go back to the endless you know, observing of special days and months and seasons and years and Sabbaths, in Galatians 4. Colossians 2, he said, let no one pass judgment on you. Uh, about food or drink or with regards to festivals or a new moon or a Sabbath. So Paul is saying, listen, as Gentile believers and as new believers in this New Testament, we're released from the old covenant observance of Sabbath, but then in Hebrews says there remains a Sabbath rest for you. So we're going to do a race by, not even a drive by, a, a scream by as, uh, and see if we can't get some useful things out of all of this. We're going to start at the beginning as usual and get a basic understanding of the topic, and then we're gonna dive in to make applications. So let me talk about the law of first mention. Basically, it's a, one of the law, law of first mention is a way of understanding the scriptures that the first time a concept or a topic is introduced in the scriptures usually forms, it's like God's pointing out and going, let me just frame this situation for you. It's the, the concept or the topic is aided by considering the first time that it's brought up in the scriptures, it's like a key to unlocking the truth. It's the first link in a chain of revelation, the gateway of a progressive unfolding of that revelation. All right. So let's go back to Genesis 2, the first time Sabbath is mentioned, and let's see if we can't gain some understanding of it. So Genesis 2, thus by the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work that, of creating that he had been done. So God did two things for the Sabbath. 
God blessed it and he made it holy. He blessed it up until this time in the pages of Scripture. Every time they use that same Hebrew word, it means being fruitful, increasing, subduing, and ruling over. God blessed the Sabbath, and then he made it holy. He set it aside to be a state of perpetual holiness, an estate, a way of being, a perpetual habit, if you like, a bubble of existence, blessed and holy. And so when God created everything, the last of his, the pinnacle of his creation was technically woman, was man and then woman. And God saw that it was good, then he created woman, and God saw it was very good. Ladies, amen. Okay. God finishes up his creation, and then he rests. And so he invites mankind to join him in a state of perpetual rest. A, a state, a way of being that has two defining characteristics. It is blessed and it is holy. You tracking? This is God's intention for man. Jesus, when they said, why are you doing this on the Sabbath? Jesus said, whoa, whoa, you don't understand. Mankind was not created for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was created for mankind. God created Sabbath for you. His design was that you live in a perpetual state of blessed and holy. Are we tracking? All righty. So uh, in Sabbath, God instituted a perpetual state of being blessed and holy. Now, at the end of every day of creation, there's this distinct phrase, and, and, and there was evening and there was morning the first day, and there was evening and morning the second day. And then he goes through, and then he, when he gets to the seventh day, there's no evening and morning. It's just the, the way it's going to be. It's not the ending of a day. It's perpetual, right? And so we understand this. Now, uh, it was God's satisfaction, not fatigue, that motivated his Sabbath. In other words, God didn't, wasn't, wasn't running out. He was like, on the fourth day, man, I was getting hard work. On the fifth day, wow, and on the sixth day, he was like, okay, we're done. <laughs> that was not the, that's not the, God had a plan. And when God had fully, perfectly satisfied the plan, he said, I'm done. Let's rest. I'm settling. I love this picture of God because he's not the tinkerer. He, he does it, and then he goes, oh, if I just put in another hour, I could just fix that earlobe, and I, maybe I could just sort that out. No. God, God did it, and he looked at it, and he said, that's good. And he rested. Now, this is an important issue, because some of us are going, oh, you know, I could do with a Sabbath, because you're hanging on for dear life, and, I, and if I could just have one day where I could just relax, just collapse and relax. And so when you start talking about Sabbath, people go, oh, yeah, I need a Sabbath. <laughs> Do you understand? And I'm not saying Sabbath is not, that's not part of it. I'm just telling you that's not why God instituted it. That's not the primary cause of Sabbath. God had a dream for you, an estate for you to live in, to live your life in. It's motivated by his satisfaction with what he, his joy of completion, the satisfaction of accomplishment, the unique ability to be finished and not keep tinkering. I've done a lot of weddings. Sometimes you can see people coming down the aisle and mom is still running behind, going, fix your... 
Sabbath is more than just a respite from exhaustion, but it's an essential way of being. Let's get this straight, because people go, you know, I, I see the physical benefits, and I see the, the emotional benefits of Sabbath, and I'm going, yeah, yeah, that's very true. That's not primarily the goal. It's not just a physical or emotional recharge of batteries. It's a realignment of spirit and reconnection with spiritual reality. One more thing I want to say in this first mention. Beware the lies of the enemy that God is not good. You know how Adam and woman got kicked out of the garden? They believed the lie that God wasn't good. They woke up to a smiling face of a father. And he said, I made all of this for you. And he said, by the way, I'm going to give it to you. And be fruitful and multiply and subdue this and own it and rule this whole planet. And whatever you name anything, it's yours. I gave it to you. He, and, and you and, and we're going to walk together and we'll be, we'll be connected. Yeah. And they loved and they lived and it was beautiful. And the enemy came and said, you know what? You think God's that good. God's not actually good. God's nervous because God knows that if you know what he knows, then you're going to be like him. But God has already made them like him. And God's a little stingy. He didn't want you to have, but God had given. They didn't make anything. Everything that had, he gave them. It's not like God was being stingy with them. But the moment they believed the lie that God is not good, it ripped them not only out of the garden, not only out of the sinless state they were in, but out of Sabbath rest. What gets you out of rest quicker than anything else is what you believe about who God is. Hello. Did God really say? Creation of doubt. You will not certainly die, sneering denial. God knows that you will be like God, lying slander. Consequences of believing the devil's lies were the loss of holiness and the removal from the blessed estate. They were kicked out of Eden and out of Sabbath rest. <clears throat> now, sinful people had to go through painful toil against thorns and thistles, to produce a little bit out of cursed ground, whereas previously they ruled over blessed ground. Now unsure of man's position, distrustful of God's motives, blaming God for their problems, fallen man is at enmity with God in his heart and mind. And fallen mankind does not believe that God has it in his heart to sanctify a specific dispensation for us that is in our best interest that's full of love and committed to our blessing. Understand then, in order to return to Sabbath and to celebrate it appropriately, we have to get our hearts and minds right and reestablish them on the goodness of God. Hmm. Told you I was screaming by. Sabbath was a sign of the old covenant. And so let's just dig out some of the things out of the old covenant to see what what we can get there. The old covenant <clears throat> was instituted. God gave the Ten Commandments, as I said. The fourth commandment was observe the Sabbath. But then he told them uh, it was the sign of the covenant. He said, when you keep the Sabbath, everybody will know that you're in a covenant with me. That'll be the sign of our covenant. When you keep the Sabbath, and I'll visit with you in the Sabbath. And so the, in, almost the entirety of Israel's whole system was a, was a calendar of Sabbaths. It began, the, the beginning of the year was a Sabbath, and then every seven days there was a Sabbath, and then there were seven feasts. 
The, the, the concept of seven and Sabbath and rest come from the same root. It's the same idea in the Jewish mind. So if you mention seven, you're bringing Sabbath in or rest in. If you mention rest, you're bringing seven and Sabbath. So when the Lord said there are going to be seven feasts, they understood these are restful times, a place to celebrate with the Lord. They were called, basically, the Lord says, I'm going to throw seven parties a year and you're invited to my party. Stop working. Come to my party. And there was only one day that was a solemn party. That was the Day of Atonement. The rest were party parties. And he said, you have to to spend one-tenth of your money getting and buying good food for my party. Some of you don't believe that. It's called the Festival Tithe. And if you stayed too far away, it was going to cost you more than a tenth. He said, stay in your city and buy really good food and drink and party there. How many of you heard a sermon on that tithe? <laughs> anyway, God said there are fundamentally two things we have to understand about, and I'm just going back to the, because we, we didn't have time to talk about Noah's Sabbath. Oh, this is beautiful. And, and the Sabbath of Abraham and, and the Sabbath of David. We haven't had time. We don't... We don't have time. So we're just going to focus on the old covenant and the Sabbath that Israel understood. And God said there's fundamentally two things you need to do for the Sabbath. You need to remember and you need to observe the Sabbath day. Remember and observe. Exodus 20 verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. That word remember, zakor in Hebrew, means to recall and to recollect past events and experiences so that you can renew them in the presence. There is a distinct moment where God says, I'm going to bring you into Sabbath, and I want you on the Sabbath to remember what I've done. I want you to remember my words. I want you to remember my deeds. I want you to remember when I bared my arm. I want this day, the Sabbath, to be a time of remembering. Secondly, he said, I want you to observe. I want you to obey. I want you to keep and watch closely over something. And that's Deuteronomy 5. Observe the Sabbath. And there are many others. I'm just giving you some scriptures that talk about it. But that word is shamor in Hebrew. And it means to guard something that's been held in trust. To protect, to watch over something closely. To protect the sanctity of something as of a great value. So, I want to go through just five things then. Uh, hopefully we can make them applicable to you and to me. And uh, the first thing he said I want you to remember is I want you to remember God, the creator of all things, that he rested. So many people come to me, Greg, you know, that, that rest is for the people of low capacity who don't have high-powered jobs. But me, I want you to know, I'm a somebody. I mean, I'm, I'm a big cheese. I, I got, and I go, yeah, you remember God? Yeah, who, who made everything? Yeah, he rested. Genesis 2. By the seventh day, God had finished his work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day, made it holy, because he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Exodus 31, just a few, there's many, many others. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. There is this moment for you and I to remember that God who creates everything came to a moment where he said, enough, and he rested. The infinitely creative God could still be creating. 
He could still be creating worlds. He could still be creating beings. He could still be doing this. But there came a time when God created and then rested and said, now share this moment with me. Enjoy this place. And I don't know if, if there are any other eights in the room, but for eights, it's very difficult for me to hit a target and go celebrate. I go, yeah, that wasn't bad, but we could do better tomorrow. And there is a moment. See, Sabbath will slow you down. If you, if you say, I'm going to observe the Sabbath, you stop and remember, God, look at all you've done. Look at all you've done, Lord. This is beautiful. Take a moment. Breathe in. Look around. There's a moment for you to stop in the middle of the prairie as the sun is setting. Pause. Look, breathe, take in the moment. Go, this is good. And so many of us, I, I'm telling you, the problem is not that God hasn't been doing things. The problem is not that there aren't testimonies that we can be thankful for. The, tr the trouble is we're so busy that we don't have time to say thank you. And if we don't, we don't take Sabbath, if we don't have a Sabbath heart and mindset, we go, stop. Look. Remember, look what God did. Look what he's doing. Look at the future, what it holds. Just that, just that little bit of pause in remembrance brings health and vitality and peace back to my soul. Reorients my spirit. Second thing, and that was so quick, so much more to say. Number two, remember that God freed you from your slavery. Deuteronomy 5, remember you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God brought you up out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. Isn't that interesting? Oh, well, the Sabbath's about me just finding rest. No, no, no. The Sabbath is a moment for you to remember. The slavery you were in, he delivered you from. It's a moment to just go, my God is awesomely powerful. Look at the junk he pulled me out of. Look at the freedom he brought in my life. Look at the enemies he broke the back of to get me here. With outstretched arm, he brought me into freedom. And what a joy this is. It makes the freedom fresh again. I go, I'm not giving this up for anything. I'm not sliding back through forgetfulness into sin. I'm not giving back into temptation. I know what it cost him. I'm not going back to Egypt. I have my own land and my own inheritance, and I have my own dream about my own life. Hmm. See, Sabbath's not just about you being able to just finally find some rest. All the moms late at night wandering around Target. <laughs> like they needed to buy something. They're just getting away from their family. <laughs> Amen? Just a whole bunch of mothers. What are, what are all the, is there a women's convention going on? No, just mothers just going, oh, it's so quiet in here. This is so nice. It's, it's more than just that. It's more than just that. Remember, you used to be a slave. And remember, he brought you out. 
Oh, it does me good to remember. I go, Lord, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your power. Thank you for the freedom I stand in. Thank you for the person I've become and not the person I used to be. Praise God. How many of you are glad you're not the person you used to be? Oh. Yeah. So God said, listen, listen. Remember I brought you up? Therefore, because of that, I want you to have a Sabbath. I want you to remember that. Ooh, I like this one. Remember, God makes you holy. Oh. Then the Lord said to Moses, Exodus 31, Say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come, so that you may know I am the Lord who makes you holy. You must observe my Sabbaths so that you will know I made you holy. Not you made you holy. I am the Lord who makes you holy. Why? Because I instituted the Sabbath. I created this estate. I want you to live in a perpetual state of a relationship with me in holiness. I am the Lord who have called you and made you holy. And I want you to live in this perpetual state. And I tell you what, just for, <clears throat> just for free, most of us can do at least once a week with a reminder, hey, 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 all the dust and the mud and the gunk of this world gets spat up on you during the week and it's just good to get away and just remember, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I have been called by the great King. He has washed me clean. He has called me to a glorious inheritance. There's something about remembering that He made me holy. Because suddenly when I remember he made me holy, I want to get into line with that holiness and throw off what belongs to the old nature and embrace the stuff that belongs to the new nature. And God said, I make you holy. I want you to remember this on the Sabbath. For six days work is to be done, but on the seventh day it's a Sabbath day of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does work on the Sabbath is to be put to death. The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for generations to come as a lasting ordinance. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. If we forget that he makes us holy, we start to pursue our own efforts to make ourselves holy. We get into religion. And thereby we refuse his rest to prove that we have not understood God's testimony about his own son. Because he said, he said, by the way, your son is in need of savior, so I'm going to send my savior. And, and so he did send his savior. And he says, now, he who has the son has life, and he who does not have the son does not have life. And anybody who doesn't believe this is not accepting my testimony I've given you about my son. That's 1 John, by the way, 5. God cleansed you and made you holy and he has proclaimed the forgiveness of sin to you. And if we spend most of our time and energy and mind space trying to attain what has already been freely given to us, it's a vanity and a chasing after a mirage. But if we understand that holiness has been given to us in the finished work of the cross by a free gift of God's grace, we are set free to rest in that area. Do you understand? Because Hebrews says anybody who enters rest ceases from their own works. So you can tell somebody who's in rest and you can tell somebody who's not in rest. You know how? Because the person in rest ceases from their own works and the person who's not in rest is constantly in need of their own works. Because when you understand you're free, that I have freedom, 
I am at peace. I have peace with God through my Lord Jesus Christ. When that settles in your spirit, you rest. You enter into rest by faith. When you don't have that, you're constantly working for approval. Hello. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, has made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. This is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he's prepared in advance for us to do. I want you to remember the Sabbath, because the Sabbath will help you remember that I am the Lord who makes you holy. And that alignment, at least once a week, is an extremely healthy spiritual discipline. And that's why Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, which we just had. He said, I want you to remember, by that body and that blood, you've been made holy. Not by how many hours you spend praying this week. Although spending hours praying this week is a great idea. But that didn't make you holy. That body and that blood made you holy. Not of yourselves. Not by works, so that no one can boast. You can only accept it. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Are you still with me? Are we tracking? How much time do I have? <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about observing some things. I, I, again, uh, this is a screen by. We could talk a lot more. There are a lot more other things. I just wanted to pull out some pertinent things for you and me. Observe. He said, I want you to observe the Sabbath. Why? Because I want, to sh- I want to teach you here there's a spiritual truth that those people who choose to enter rest by faith have uh, suddenly a protection kicks in. Rest, provision, protection, and preservation. Exodus 16. Manna falls. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you can gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. So you had to go out and gather on the sixth day for tomorrow. And if you gathered it any other day, it would rot. There would be maggots in it in the morning. But on the sixth day, it would be just as fresh on Sunday morning as it was on Saturday morning when you picked it up. And so God said, if you enter into this, if you decide to step into this by faith, you will find out the provision and the blessing and the rest and the fruitfulness of God will stay on you. And so God said to them, I want you to go to Israel. I want you to leave your farms and I want you to go to Jerusalem for the seven feasts every year. And he said, those of you who choose to do this and obey me and enter into my Sabbaths, you, I will protect your land and no enemy will ever invade while you're in Jerusalem. That takes a little bit of faith if you're living next door to the Philistines. How about this? Every seventh year, he said to the farmers, hey, 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 guys, yeah. This year, yeah? No work. Farmers, most of the farmers I know are up at four in the morning. Hey, hey, guys, sleep in. What am I going to do all day? Well, just hang with your kids. And... But what are we going to eat? 
on the sixth year, it'll, it'll, there'll be abundant crops and there'll be enough growing wild for you to pick. You can eat, but I don't want you to do any work. How much faith do you think they took from a farmer? Do you understand? The Sabbath is always about faith and trusting God. But when you decide, I'm going to obey the Sabbath, you enter into protection and blessing and provision. And so on the 50th year, you had seven Sabbath years. And on the 50th year, that's 49 years. And on the 50th year was Jubilee year when they forgave all, all, everybody. Just said, all right, no debts. Any debt you owe is out, forgiven. They'd blow the trumpet at the Day of Atonement, and the trumpets would, would be repeated all throughout the land. It was the heralding of the Day of Jubilee, and that 50th year was a complete free year of rest. So if you choose to be one of those people who observes Sabbath rest, on the 48th year, you had enough crops for the 48th year, the 49th year, the 50th year, and into the 51st year while you were waiting for your new crops to come in. Sabbath required faith. And he said, I want you to observe this. But observing it was a deliberate decision. Greg, you don't understand. I'm so busy. I've got so many important things. Yeah, not more important than Jesus had. Jesus sort of carried a little more than you and I. And he rested and found peace. Hmm. I want you to turn to somebody and say, he had much more to say. Thank you. Feel better about that. Observe, number five, sacred assembly. Leviticus 23. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, these are my appointed festivals, the appointed festivals of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. Therefore, on six days when you may work, but on the seventh day is a day of Sabbath, a, a day of sacred assembly. You're not to do any work. Whenever you live, it's a Sabbath to the Lord. These are the Lord's appointed festivals, the sacred assemblies you ought to proclaim at these appointed times. So God said, all right, listen, I'm having these parties in Jerusalem. I'm proclaiming them sacred festivals. I'm proclaiming them Sabbath rest. And so I want the people to come to those places, and I want them to celebrate it on the Sabbath day, and I want them to observe these sacred assemblies. Let me just say... There's a lot of time where the fellowship with people that I love is rich and beautiful and life-giving. And sometimes we're just hanging out and, and around a barbecue, and sometimes we're just having friendship and fellowship and praying for one another. But there are something, there's something about a sacred assembly. There's something about the worship that we did this morning, that together we stood as a sacred assembly to honor our King. There's something about that, that the Sabbath does not forsake. I want you to observe, I want you to keep, I want you to keep this as something perpetual. This is a precious thing and I want you to observe it. And it's, there's a whisper again in our culture that, you know, going to church is not that important. I mean, like anywhere we gather, that's really church, right? Where two or three of us gather in my name. So if I'm driving my kids to a sporting event on a Sunday and we, we say Jesus' name in the car, that's a church. Might be. There's something about a sacred assembling for the sake of the king that we're not to forget. Let's not give up meeting as some are in the habit of doing. 
Scripture says. Come back to church. If you haven't been, come back to church. It's time. Why, Greg? It's part of your Sabbath observance. Let me close with this. Jesus' Sabbath. Jesus shows up at his hometown after he's been anointed, and he goes, hey. And he turns to the passage, which is the Annunciation of Jubilee. And he goes, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and to set at liberty those who are in bondage and open prison doors and to open the eyes of the blind and, and to proclaim that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. He said, and to tell everybody, Jubilee starts now. And then he closed up the scroll and he said, that scripture, today, happening and they said let's kill him Jesus is the great jubilee the great emancipation from all debts sins weaknesses brokenness Jesus is our rest and the Bible says when God had raised him from the dead because death could not hold him, God raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand and said to him, sit here, relax, son, sit down, your work is done. It's the same idea of the God who finished creating and then sat down and he said to Jesus, you perfectly, you brought a perfect salvation for anybody who believes, sit at my right hand until we make your enemies your footstool. That's where Jesus is resting. That's the rest of Jesus. Jesus is not wringing his hands in nervous energy. He's lying back in victory. And he invites you to come into that rest. <laughs> Jesus entered heaven, a conquering hero. Trumpets, crowds, thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, the church of the firstborn, the spirits of righteous people now made alive. The cloak of glory that he had before he took it off and came to this earth put back on him, the crown, many crowns the royal scepter of authority, the glory that will cause every knee to bow and every tongue to confess. Can I just say, can I just say, there is no bitter tongue, there's no quick mouth, there's no angry words from anybody that you'll ever encounter for the rest of your life. You can say to yourself, that tongue too is gonna confess Jesus is Lord. Your tongue too. No matter how cynical, no matter how bitter, no matter how many Quebec, how many how, how full of bile, that tongue too is going to confess Jesus is Lord. Hebrews ten said, "When this priest have had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God." And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy.
So Greg, should I, should I take a specific day? Well, let me tell you, for the longest time, God told his people, I want you to take an entire day to rest, to do some of the things that we talked about today, to remember. I'm not trying to be religious. And I'm just telling you, some of us, it would do a power of good for you to take a day to Shabbat, to rest. Not just to rest, but to remember. Just to bless and honor the Lord. Remember that He rested. Remember that He made you holy. Remember that He freed you from all bondage. Observe step into by deliberate choice and feel his covering protection and shield. You know what would happen in Israel if one guy went into Sabbath and one guy worked the land? God eventually captured Israel and took him into captivity for 70 years. You know why? He said, I've counted the number of times you didn't give the land the Sabbath that I proclaimed for the land. And it was 70 years. So you're going, to go in, you're going to go for 70 years because, listen to me, the land is going to have its Sabbaths. That's why it was 70 years. God counted. You guys, you guys didn't listen to me. The land is now going to have its Sabbaths. And then I'll bring you back. Proverbs says, if the axe is dull... More work is needed. Somehow we lost that idea. Some of us, the axe has got so blunt, it's like a round piece of iron. We just think, man, if I just keep going, if I just hammer some more, I'll get through this log. Some of us need to stop, take a day, sharpen the axe. Just sharpen the axe. Come back. Rest. Come back. You'd be amazed at how quickly you can split logs. Productivity, blessing, is not through more effort. It's through more faith and less effort. Noah, whose name means rest, comes out of the ark on the first day of the first month of the 601st year of his life the water receded from the earth you know what that means the first day of, of, this, of the Sabbath century of Noah God timed the end of the flood to the very first day of Noah's Sabbath century Noah comes out of the ark and he takes some of the clean animals, of which there were seven. So he takes the Sabbath animal and he sacrifices it as an offering to God. And the Bible says, when God smelled the odor of rest, he said, I'm reversing the curse on the earth. And now it's going to prosper under your hand. Why? Because Noah was more righteous? No, because Noah decided, I'm going to stick with rest and God commanded blessing. Why? Because God has commanded blessing 
and holiness on those who will embrace Sabbath. Father, we pray that you give us a hunger to be those people who would just dare to stop a little, to find our center in you, to rest, to believe in your finished work, and to experience your provision. Pour out blessing because your people chose to find their rest in you and not in their own works. In Jesus' name.